Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by the kicker of your Golden Gophers, Matthew Trickett, and me, Tony Lieber. Um, for this week's episode, got a very special guest, um, the starting punter for the Golden Gophers, Mark Crawford. How are we doing today, Mark? Uh, it's a good day to be alive, Matt. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Great to hear. Um, so... I guess we'll kind of just start with how uh, your season's been going. Um, the Gophers really haven't been able, been uh, haven't had to use you in the punting game much all year, which is obviously a positive. But um, from your point of view, I guess, like for me as just a fan watching the games, it's kind of uh, like how are you able to stay focused and not like look at someone up in the stands and be like, "Wow, that guy's crazy!" Like how how are you able to stay locked in when you're not uh, when you don't have to punt all the time? Yeah, great question. Great question. Um, I think, uh, for, fortunately for me, you know, I've been around a lot of sports, uh, specifically cricket, which is a bit more like baseball, where it's 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 slower moving. Um, it takes a lot longer than a couple of hours, um, and you sort of get time to sort of sit back and think, "This is pretty cool," but you sort of know that you got to be ready at all times. So, um, for me, I, I just love watching the game as well. So I'm more in tune with actually watching how our team's performing than focusing on uh, what's going on around our sides. But, you know, for a lot of people, they need to need to tune out and need to get away from the sport for 20, 30 seconds at a time just to stay focused. But um, I'm, I'm sure Trigget sees me on the sideline. Maybe you guys do as well. You know, um, I'm sort of pacing up and down a fair bit. I don't sit down all that much. Um, and, you know, much like, much like Matthew, we, we, we're going to use the kicking net when we can. So... Yeah, definitely. Always ready physically. And for me, I'm different than Crawford. You know, I'll get off my feet, talk to some guys, you know, watch the game here and there. But yeah, Crawford's, <laughs> he's always on the move, always kind of communicating with the coaches, making sure that we know the situation and how to handle it. And very professional-like. 
Yeah, and I suppose I suppose for me as well, like I when we're on offense, I'm sort of a part of hopefully what like a play. You know what I mean? Um we we, we sort of joked about it the other day, but in order of favorite uh sort of situations that I have to be involved in, PAT field goal number one. That's my favorite play to be involved in because it means you just scored a touchdown. I'm out on the field with with, with Trickett and Brady. Like that's always a good start. Um and then obviously field goal would be next because it means we're probably going to put up some points, right? So that 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 that's a bonus. Uh, three would be fake punt because that means we 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 ideally get a first down. We don't give the ball back. And then fourth of all is is punt, which obviously uh, I'm still a fan of, despite the fact the fans might not like punting much. Oh uh, yeah, that, I, that's an interesting, I guess, way to look at it because um, everyone else other than the punter does not like seeing punts. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm all hyped up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Trickett goes and sits down, knowing that he's probably done for another 20, 30 minutes. But yeah, yeah. Um. So you mentioned, uh, obviously working with Brady and Trickett, um, on, uh, extra points and uh field goals, and then Brady on punts. Uh, kind of now it's your guys' second year, all three together. Kind of how is your relationship, uh, built, uh, the three of you, and kind of just the special specialist unit as a whole. Yeah, um, I mean, I love I love the boys that we that that we've got, and I think last year was my first season holding. So obviously, and Trigger coming from a new uh, or a different program, um, sort of that had its no, I wouldn't say its challenges, but it certainly had its differences. Um, but yeah, that the, the extra year certainly helps. I think we've all improved on some level, whether it's just communicating with each with each other or the operation as a whole. Um, gelling each with each other is is you know, a comfortable thing that, that we have no issues with. And um, it's always good fun when we're together. And I think we've improved a lot, through, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, time can't heal everything, but, you know, all the hard work and uh, dedication that Crawford and Brady put in with me and all the other guys on the special teams really helps. Um, so that paired with, you know, an extra off season, an extra summer is huge. And I definitely can see it. I don't know, you know, if the fans are really paying attention to any of that yet, since we've been kicking 20 extra points and a few field goals here and there. Um, but I think that time and dedication made a huge difference this off season. And I, I think one thing that I've certainly learned from Trickett um, is his, just his professionalism. Like the, the way that, um, you know, you conduct yourself pre-practice and on game days. Like that's what I really liked about when you came into the program, like because you'd been around for so long already, you sort of knew what worked and what didn't for you. And, and you weren't afraid to be like, Hey, this needs to be better. Or I prefer this, or, you know, this is what happened on that, on that rep. Um, it's, it's almost like instantaneous, instantaneous, um, you know, positive feedback or constructive criticism, which is beneficial for growth on, on all fronts. Yep. Um, so I guess this question kind of be, would be for uh, both of you, but um, as a specialist and a kicker or a punter and just really playing on the special teams unit as a whole, uh, what do you think, I guess, is just the hardest part that a fan or someone who didn't play special teams uh, would like? What, what's the hardest part of being a punter or a kicker or a holder? Trigger, you can get a fast body for this one. All right. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> You know, starting out, um, 
it's very basic when you're in uh, grade school, high school. Um, a lot of times your high school coaches don't really know much about it. They just know that it's used to score points and to uh, make sure the team doesn't get the ball right where your offense stalls. Um, so they just typically want somebody with a big leg and that's just about it. Um, advancing for me to the group of five level in college, um, I felt like that was the correct step for me at the time. You know, I would have loved to go directly into power five, but I think I needed to learn some things before I was ready for that. Um, and that was just how much truly goes into special teams at the college level and how much a team relies on it, even though it's not typically in, you know, the game wrap up uh, show at the end of the uh, game. But if you look at how offense connects to defense and how that all works and how situations arise, a lot of those come from good or bad special teams play. And then learning that at this level, the power five level, a ton of it is mental. You have to not only be physically gifted and work extremely hard at your crafts, but you also have to have the mental capacity to be able to perform in front of 60,000 people every single week. And you can't let yourself get too high. You can't let yourself get too low. Yeah. It, following on from much what uh, Trigget just said, um, obviously my story to, to, to getting to this point is significantly different. Um, having, you know, effectively never played football before, let alone college football <laughs> before getting here. But um, yeah, very, very, very similar in that, you know, you, you, you can ride the wave while it's high, but you can't stay up there for sure. You, you, you've got to make sure that you're, you're ready for the next challenge. And um, you can certainly take confidence from certain things, but you can't think, ah, oh, yeah, like I'm good. Like I'm good. It's, 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 it's going to be okay because you'll get, you'll get evened out pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, much like Trigget said, every game is just get seems to get progressively more important. <laughs> every game's important, and then it, the next one just seems to get more important. And you think, wow, this is this is unbelievable. So, um, you know, being being prepared and and being consistent with 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 how you practice and your practice habits certainly goes a long way on game day. Um, because game day is different to practice. There's no doubt about it. Um, but in saying that. If you don't practice properly, then game day is even more difficult. Yeah. Um. So, you obviously mentioned that your path to uh, punting at a, a collegiate level was a lot different than most people, and uh, you mentioned that you played uh, cricket growing up, and I uh, know that you started playing Aussie rules football. Um. I guess kind of how did you um know you wanted to become a punter at the college level and start playing American football? There's a part of me that doesn't even know the answer to that, honestly. Um, it, it, it sort of just, it, it was a strange sort of way that the, the world walked out, worked out for me. I w had actually stopped playing cricket. Um, I was at a crossroads with, 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 with the direction that I wanted to go next. Um, I've always loved sport and it was always a passion to, you know, continue playing sport on some level. Um, but at that point, the time was, you know, moved to Melbourne, start studying over there, at the University of Melbourne or something. And then, you know, graduate and when I'm 
nearly 30 and then move on with the rest of my life. Right. And then, uh, just through word of mouth and, you know, things that I've seen, or, uh, like people do on the news, because I mean, when I sort of first started at, at pro kick Australia to, to, to come over to the United States, it was still a pretty big deal to get a, get an Aussie sort of coming over in 2018. Like it was, it was like, wow, like this guy's actually like, he's going over and playing college football. Like that was, that would make the news back home at that point. Whereas now there's, there seems to be, you know, a dozen Aussies every, every semester that seemed to come in. But um, yeah, it, I, I knew like Max Duffy had played at Kentucky um, and I sort of wondered like how he managed to get there. And then one thing led to another. I went down for a session at pro kick in the beginning of 2019 in when I was in Melbourne um, and they said, look, come down, have a kick, see, see how you go. Um, and I said, sure. Like at this point, if I, def- I'll, I'll give it six months, what more does like, what difference does another six months of not studying make? Um, and went there and then literally within two or three weeks, they said, Hey, do you like the cold? I said, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. And then they said, do you want to go to Minnesota? And I said, yeah, it sounds pretty good. And never looked back. Never looked back from that point. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you were talking about the, uh, how it was kind of scarce at the beginning with Australians coming over and punting in college football. Um, but since then it's definitely picked up. Um, what do you think attributes that success in Australian punters coming over to college football? Um, Australian rules football is remarkably similar to, to punting in general. Um, <laughs> it's not rugby. It's, it's, it's not soccer. It's, it's, it's not football. It's it's quite literally a completely different sport that really only exists within Australia. Um, and basically, we have to punt to pass the ball. You can't throw it. You can you can. I don't know whether you've seen it, but you can sort of hold in your hand and punch it, but that only goes so far. And so you have to sort of pass the ball around like that. So the, the difference coming over here is that you have to kick it a as far as you can and b as high as you can. Whereas back home, you know, you'd have to pass at a certain distance. So you might have to pass at 30 yards and you can, you'd, you'd want to kick it lower because it's faster. It gets there faster. Just like a, a, a fast throw um, from a quarterback is often better than the one that just lobs up and has a greater chance of being intercepted unless, you know, you're obviously laying it out in front of the wideout. Um, so that's the learning difference there. But we all started doing it when we were like four years old. That's like our national sport. Um if you're ever bored, look at the highlights. They're unreal. We don't we don't use a helmet or pads or anything like that. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm necessarily tougher than anyone over here or like or like running into guys any more than anyone else. I mean, I'm a punter. Like surely I don't like running into guys, right? But naturally, um it's 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 an exciting game to watch. Uh so your kind of your unique journey kind of obviously brought you to the Gophers and uh now you're uh, one of the elder statesmen on the team, um, 27, 28 years old. Uh, 28, yeah. 28. <laughs> Fossilizing uh, as we know it. Yeah. Uh, how, I guess, weird is that for you to be on a uh, the same team with some uh, teenagers? <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it can be interesting. It's really only interesting because everybody is young. Um, in, a, in sport in Australia, there's no collegiate sport. So yeah. if, if you're sort of 16 playing seniors, much like if you were to play, you know, club soccer or something over here um, or club baseball, 
you're going to be playing with guys that are probably late 20s, 30s, maybe even in their 40s. They just love the sport. They've played for 20 years, whatever. Um, so everything's like that back home. Once you're done with like a Colts level at 16, 17, 18 years old, you're just thrusted into the seniors. It'd be like going straight from high school football. And then if you're good enough, you get drafted into you know, the NFL and then you got to wait two or three years, do your time, like building up some muscle, getting accustomed to the speed of the game, et cetera, before you actually start playing. Um, and that's just how I started playing senior cricket when I was like 13 years old with guys that were, you know, some in their twenties, some in their late teens, some in their thirties. It was, so now I'm on the other side of the spectrum, right? I'm the old guy and I'm hanging around the young guys. So, um, nah, I, I, I think naturally it, it's, it's pretty comfortable. Um, and it helps when you got guys like Matthew that are also, you know, 22, 23 years old. Um, I seem to get along better with those guys for sure. Cause the young guys, they might be creating drama over some trivial stuff, but uh, it's all part of the learning experience, and I we 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 can be patient with them. Um, so uh, how I guess different was like, or obviously you wouldn't know how different, but how was your recruiting uh, from the time that you decided you wanted to play uh, college football uh, when you were at Pro Kick Australia, and from the time you kind of got to the Gophers? The coaches do it all for you, pretty much over there. Um, yeah, I, I think it was probably my second or third week. Um, I was the coaches pulled me out of the so basically practice back home. Everyone would just punt the whole day. There's nothing else. There's no other positions. You get the odd kicker that comes through, but he would do that after we punt, right, or before we punt. Um, and guys would just line up like twenty, twenty, twenty deep, and you've got a one guy underhanding footballs, and then the guy punts it, and then he runs down, goes, gets his football, goes to the back of the line. We just do that for an hour, an hour or two. Most sessions are like that, right? Um, obviously the coaches change things up every now and then, but with some situational stuff, but fundamentally like that's how it would operate. And then he just pulled me to this one of the coach, Nathan Chapman, the the lead guy sort of just pulled me to the side and said, Hey, I want you to, I want to get some film of you. So just kick a few. Um, that'd be great. Um, little did I know, I think he was actually on FaceTime with a coach um, at Minnesota. Um, and then shortly after that, as I said before, I got asked the question, do you like the cold? I said, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, how bad can it be? You know what I mean? And then um, they said, sweet, you can go to Minnesota if you want. I said, absolutely. It sounds pretty sweet. And that was it. I'd, I'd never even considered another school, if I'm being brutally wow. honest. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Whereas then I arrive here in January 2020 and there's guys and they're like, oh, what other offers did you get? I'm like, nowhere. Like, here I am, man. And they're like, oh, I got like Bama, Georgia, you know, Iowa, Wisconsin. I'm like, well, what are you? I'm like, cool, man. That's wicked, but you're here. So I don't really care. So, <laughs> uh, how many times had you been to uh, the United States before, I guess, coming to Minnesota? Twice. 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 So once was just a leisure trip, pretty much, a big a bit of a road trip in about 2015. Watched my first game of NFL football. I watched the Jets beat Tom Brady. <laughs> Said no one ever, but it happened. Um, and, you know that, that that was pretty fun, just but that was just more of a, a, a leisurely holiday, I suppose. And then in 2019, uh, around July, we came over as a pro kick group, um, visited a few different schools. Um, but from that point, I'd already sort of at least verbally committed to Minnesota. Um, so I was just punting for the sake of the experience more than anything. Um, and then got back home and landed here in January 2020. Uh, did you always kind of, I guess, grow up knowing of American football and the NFL and uh, college football or kind of at what point were you, I guess, introduced to that? College football certainly more foreign 
to put back home. But the, the NFL's obviously like it's pretty yeah. much a worldwide spectrum. Um, but I just love sport, and my dad loves sport. Um, he'll watch baseball, you know, the ice hockey. He doesn't really get into basketball, but basket like the NBA is massive. I would probably watch more NBA back home than I did here, or than I have here. Um, and then the NFL was always big around. Once they hit the playoffs, everyone sort of knew, like, okay, like if you're going to watch the sport, this is the best spectacle that it's going to offer. Um, and the Super Bowl, everyone just watches the Super Bowl for their halftime ads back home. And it's like, well, <laughs> we might as well watch it as well. And um, I think I watched every Super Bowl from about 2013 onwards. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, I know we've talked about it privately before, but um... – you know, you said you don't know you're you didn't know too much about college football before you got here and everything. Um, once you kind of learned a lo- little bit about college football back in Australia. Mm. To now, what do you think is changed the most in how you view college football? That college football is probably superior in terms of Saturday afternoon viewing. <laughs> I mean, I, I it blew my mind. Like, I didn't know why they always played NFL on a Sunday. I just thought, well, why don't you use Saturday as well? Like, you got two days of the weekend to use. You might as well split it up so I don't have to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch seven games at one time. Um, but as it turns out, like, college football was Saturday. Like, Saturday, or should I say, Saturday was college football. Like, that was it. Um, so, the now that I'm here and I've immersed myself in it, it's amazing. Like you know what it's like, Matthew, when you have a bye week or you have the Saturday off or you have time on a Saturday at some level, you can just sit and watch 23 different games unfold before your eyes. And there's always a, you know, a kick to win it or a touchdown to win it or overtime on some level every weekend. And it is just a spectacle in itself. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Nothing like college football. I obviously get a few more of those uh, Saturdays than you guys to sit on the couch and watch 30 games, but uh, nothing like it. Uh, I guess outside of football, what do you, or uh, what's been like the biggest difference from living in Australia your whole life to moving to Minnesota? For me, it's, it's, it's probably really only like the beach. I wouldn't say that I was a massive sort of beach nuffy. Like I didn't have to go to the beach every day and get sand between my, between my toes or anything, but like it, it has been a, a strange adjustment in that sense that, um, you know, I can't just go to the beach when it's really hot. I have to find a pool or, or, a, or a stagnant lake with algae in it and everything, but <laughs> like it, it's, uh, or you have to find someone with a boat, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, that, that's one difference, but realistically, I, I don't think there's a, there's, there's much, of a difference between America and Australia. Um, both speak English, both eat similar foods, um, both love sport. Like people are pretty funny and outgoing. They're confident. It's 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 all pretty relative, honestly. I, I think it would be stranger to go to Europe where they speak a different language. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would agree with that. Um, what, what's, the, what's the biggest thing I, th- I guess you miss from living in Australia that you wish was in minnesota in the u.s sometimes there's food there's some food it's it's not necessarily like a specific type of food it's more just i'm not going to say the quality because america does does most things very well but where 
for instance, if I'm walking down the street and I and I just ask a random citizen, like, look, I'm I'm sort of not from around here. Where where's a good place to eat? They'll say this this burger joint is amazing. I'm like, all right, buddy. Like, I burgers are everywhere. Like, I don't really need another burger. Like, have you, have you got like is it like a salad bar or maybe like some good Italian or something like that? And they're like, oh no no no, dude, you gotta burgers and pizza. I'm like, all right, dude, well, thanks, but. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the one thing that's certainly a bit different but as i said before it's it's really you know neck and neck america's a great place to be australia's a great place to be um i think it i think it is it's interchangeable you guys would happily live in australia and i can happily live here yeah i would imagine yeah um so when you were getting, I guess you never got uh, recruited by PJ Flex specifically, but he's obviously an interesting uh, head coach and an interesting character. Uh, I guess what were your kind of almost first impressions of him the first time you met him? This guy's awesome. <laughs> but the energy was overwhelming. I was like, there's no one like this in Australia. He's a spectacle. Like, everything, I was like, wow, that's the most inspirational thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um. And the the intensity and 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 meaning behind everything is is second to none. Um, I, I I can't be more thankful for the coaches here, in how how much attention to detail that they have. Sometimes it it like sure it can be overwhelming, but majority of the time, like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it is just it it just makes things better. It makes you better. It makes everyone else around you better. And um. It, it it teaches you a lot of life lessons, which is which is awesome on on diligence and hard work. I'm not I'm sure Trigger would, would would think the same with with Coach Fleck. Like he's an excellent public speaker, and he he motivates me. And he cares for for the players, which is yeah, it's pretty cool. Especially when there's 120 other dudes. <laughs> yeah, varying from you know age 17 to 28. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Thanks for putting in the 28. Thanks for putting in there. He always, he always addressed the team. No, for you guys, 17 to 23, 24, I felt like putting my hand up. I'm like, hey, I'm actually 28, buddy. Like, <laughs> I mean, what is it? Every pregame meal, he, uh, you know, starts off, goes down by age, and he'll always call out, you know, the 25, 26, 27, 28-year-olds. And <laughs> Croft and Sam Pickering are the only two that stand up. Yeah, the only two left, yeah. So now we just start with punt team. Off you go. <laughs> Yeah, and then it goes down by age, so it's pretty funny. Um, have you noticed, I guess, a, a difference around the team uh, this year compared to last year? I mean, the the, the weird thing about college football is the turnover. The turn. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's the same in all sports, but knowing that you're going to run out on the field with guys for potentially like the last time is is something that I certainly had to adjust with. It's almost like they're retiring. <laughs> they don't have a choice, but that this is it, man. Like the last hurrah, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, the, the, you think that like, I always thought, oh, you know, I'm, we're really going to miss this guy. We're really going to miss that guy. How are we going to fill the void, whatever. But guys just step up instantaneously. And you also realize that every other school goes through the same thing. Um, so everything stays pretty level. And how you work out in the winter and, 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 and the spring and then the summer um, goes a long way to, to how you go in September, October, November, December, and January. <laughs> Let's add that in there as well. 
Um, so, so was this, uh, this was your, I guess last winter was your first winter in Minnesota, right? I suppose it was oh, – oh, no, actually, this is – I've been through – I got here January 2020, so I got like okay. half a winter. Yeah. Um, and realistically, the, the the more I'm here, I realize that January, February, and the beginning of March are the pretty morbid month, months of the year. There's there's not much football. <laughs> there's, you know, there's not much to do outside. <laughs> but it, but you obviously find things to do, and it's and culturally, it's it's epic to live in snow as well. Like, But um, – yeah, obviously, I didn't really go home for the summers or anything between 2021 and 21, 22. So um, I I like to say this is my fourth winter coming up, but people are like, nah, the first one doesn't count. So realistically, it's my third. Oh, uh, yeah. I, everyone hates on uh, the winter in Minnesota, but one thing when or winter in the Midwest in general, but uh, when it snows, sometimes it is. It, it almost feels like you're in like a, a movie or something because it, it is really super, super pretty sometimes when it snows. But uh, yeah, I mean, Minnesota's Minnesota and January and February are not not too fun. But big, oh, big time. I, I always say like November, it starts getting cooler and you might get your first snow and everyone's like, yeah. wow, like snow. And it doesn't matter if you hate snow. It's it's, it's epic. It's cool. It's something new. Um, and then December rolls around and everyone's so excited, you know, Christmas, you know, Let's let's start putting some clothes, like some clothes back on, like jackets. The fashion comes back a little bit, whatever. Um, and then you know everyone's all hype up for Christmas, New Year's, and then you know the New Year's passes, and then school starts going back. So everyone's still a little bit excited. It might be freezing, but it's like you know, new classes, new schedule, you know, new opportunities, whatever. And then it gets to February, and you're like, holy moly, it's still cold. Like, okay, like this is all right. Like, it's nearly done. It's nearly done. And then March rolls around. You have a day where it's forty, and you think, this is it. It's done. Like, congratulations, guys. And there's a blizzard, and you think, holy smokes. <laughs> and then it's and then it's then it might snow in April, but by then it's it's all good, right? Yeah, I, that that was about as perfect as a uh, description I think you can get of winter in the Midwest. <laughs> I'm sure. Like, well, I mean, trigger you're you're I've. I mean, you, you've obviously experienced snow and the cold, but what was yeah. it like for you when you first got in here and experienced um, your first winter last year? Yeah. So, you know, growing up right off of Lake Erie in Cleveland, uh, you get a little lake effect snow and uh, breezes coming off the lake. So that's always frigid, but it wouldn't last nearly as long as the cold up here lasts. Yeah. I mean, I, I just remember waking up uh, – <laughs> last beginning of it's spring. funny because i know exactly how you feel man <laughs> we all do you know you wake up at seven in the morning and you look outside oh it doesn't look too bad uh check your phone it's like negative 22 degrees outside <laughs> you walk outside for two minutes and by then your fingers are numb and everything and then you're like oh, okay like it's early in the morning it's fine it'll go away nope it might get up to like negative 10 by noon and that's the best you got that day and then the next day is the exact same that is not what it is like in ohio ohio you know you'll have a period of three days of coldness and then i'll get back up into the 20s and whatnot but up here i would just say it's a consistent fight every day with the cold but there's also a part of me that 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 loves the challenge of it to say oh. that I did it for a couple of years at the same time is like, if people are always like, Oh, but it's cold up here, man. Like I don't want to come up here, but 
for me, it's 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 so cool to experience the shift and just sort of be like, this is it, man. Like this is the tundra, and everyone's in it together at that point. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you think, yeah, it's cool. Without a doubt, yeah, everyone. <laughs> you really have to w- wake up in the morning and want to attack the day because if yeah. not, I mean, the cold will get the best of you. <laughs> you really have to just have a different mindset. Yes, <laughs> it's our north, right? Yeah, yeah. It's ours. <laughs> well, um, I think that's all the questions I got for you, Mark. I really appreciate you hopping on. If uh, if Trickett doesn't have anything else for you, I think, um, yeah, that's that's all we got for this week's episode. Yeah, that, epic. It was. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. It's uh, it's always fun to 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 talk and reminisce a bit about. You know, certain things that either led me here or <laughs> the weather, <laughs> especially with people that go through it as well. So, um, yeah, thanks heaps for for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, that's that's all we got for this episode. As always, I appreciate everyone listening. Um, roll the boat, sky you mind, go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.